We, um, of course, if you're not aware, um, just as a brief note, uh, Dwight Williams passed away last night. And uh, thank you. Um, I think it's appropriate just based upon the message that uh, we're going to have today, we're going to dedicate the message today to Dwight um, because of the life that he lived. And um, I'm just reminded that Dwight um, was given a diagnosis about a decade ago that he wasn't going to make it um, much longer than a few months, if not a year. And he made it 10 years. Amen. And Come so that's now. something that's to be reminding, remind everybody about as far as his God's goodness. Uh, yes. Even in uh, Dwight's uh, moment uh, where he has struggled with his health and wanted to get back to church so desperately, he still found a way to praise the Lord. Amen. And he still is a testimony. That's a testimony for all of us Amen. Uh, to be just mindful of God's goodness. I remember when Dwight called me one time, he was calling me to actually speak to me about someone else to pray for. And I'm saying, you know, that's a person who is just thinking about being selfless. And that's something that we always need to keep in mind when we look at God's goodness and what he has done for us. Um, so with that in mind, I want to keep, uh, keep, want you to keep him and his, uh, his family in your hearts. Pray for Vicki. Uh, pray for the family right now for this time. Um, Mr. Williams has transitioned, and he is with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing to remember here. Amen. We're going to go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. And enjoy the beautiful weather today. Yes. We're all in the shade. It's very nice out. Um, and just know where all that comes from. It comes from God's goodness. He has given Amen. us fantastic weather for this stretch that we've been outside. We've only had a couple of days where it was kind of iffy. Last week was one of those days, but we made it through. We yes. got through it. You know, that's God's goodness. Amen. Um, so we have to recognize all of that. But let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, your goodness just abounds. We just thank you for your presence this morning. We know that where more than two are gathered, you are present. And we just recognize and feel your presence this morning. Lord, we thank you. And we are reminded of your words about being encouraged just to be encouraged. There are good things that are coming. There are good things that are going to happen for us as a people. We recognize that every day that goes by is one day closer to your return. And so we are mindful, Lord, to look to what we are involved in and what we're doing and how we can just serve you more and more. Lord, we thank you for these reminders. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Many of you probably know about Dick Goddard's passing yes. this past week at age 89. Mm. He was a larger-than-life television personality. Yes. He was on the air for 55 years mm -hmm. predicting the weather in Northeast Ohio. He was also a notable advocate for dogs and cats. He mentioned in an interview, quote, I promote animal welfare. That's my goal. And before I go to the theme park in the sky, 
I want to do all I can for the four-footers. Now, he will always be remembered as an advocate for the proper treatment of pets. I met Dick once about 20 years ago in a very random encounter at Barnes & Noble, and he was as polite and engaging as many have said about him over the years. Now, it was no secret that Dick's health was failing. He was in a nursing home in Florida, and his daughter was looking after him. Now, it is my hope that in death he did indeed reach that theme park that he was referring to in his interview. I can't help but think of another person that lived her life in such a way that she was dedicated to serving others as well. Now, my wife and I had returned from vacation earlier this year, and it was time for us to get our taxes done. Now, we were able to meet with our tax advisor, and her name is Marlene, on Friday, March 20th. I remember that Lynn and I had talked about just getting back from our vacation, and I had asked Marlon if she was going on vacation later in the year. And she smiled and gave essentially what you would call a non-answer to that question. Lynn and I both found out later that our appointment was one of the last appointments she was able to keep. Marlon died two weeks later on or around April 4th. She was going to be 80 years old this year in July. There was no indication to... Lynn or myself, that Marlene was in ill health. But it turns out she had terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. And we received the call from a person who works in Marlene's office, and she told us that Marlene had dispersed her list of clients and wanted to make sure that they were all well taken care of after she was gone. She had dedicated her life work to prepare tax returns in the best possible way for all of her clients. She lived it and breathed it. She was magnificent. She did a great job for us. So I've just shared examples of two people who were dedicated to a life of service for others. And that even in death, they will be remembered for what they had accomplished and will perhaps even inspire others to do their very best to serve, to serve others. If you haven't picked up on this, please note that the act of service is a godly attribute. The act of service is a godly attribute. My subject for this week is not about just someone's passing. That's part of a reality. We live and then we die. But it's more about life and what you decide to do with it. This is about life and what you decide to do with it. It's important for each one of us to consider that as we live for today... And for every day forward, this message is about your legacy. 
your legacy. What is the legacy that you want people to know about you? What is the legacy that you want people to know about you? What is your legacy? First, let's define the word legacy to allow for all of us to have the proper introspection. A legacy, for our purposes, is something handed down from an ancestor or a predecessor or from the past. Something that's handed down. It's something to glean upon, something to look at. A synonym of legacy is heritage. You've probably heard that word heritage mentioned before. We're going to focus on the word legacy. So what is your legacy? Now, in a more lighthearted moment, as I was writing this, I immediately thought of a song that popped into my head. And for those of you who remember me from as a creative, that can be very dangerous. So, amen. Let's just tell it like it is. Because the imagination comes and is inspired, and I'm going to just give all the credit to God for that because it's not just me. But... The Temptations had a very famous song with amazing lyrics and music that was called Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Come on now. <laughs> Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Now, that was a top 100 hit for The Temptations that won three Grammy Awards. So that song had an impact. The complete song, I don't know if y'all know this, the complete song was over 11 minutes long. We've only heard versions of that usually over the years it was 11 minutes long and i'm not going to play the song here now if you don't know the song i don't know where you've been but even you youngsters know should know papa was a rolling stone if you need to go and look it up just google it on youtube and go look it up and listen to it yourself yeah great song amen amen amen, amen. it's a great song yeah but i'm going to share some tidbits to you from the song's lyrics of what people had to say about papa that made up his legacy. Yeah. Amen? Amen. You ready? Yeah. One of the children never met him and heard nothing but bad things about him. Okay. Another child said he had heard that Papa never worked a day in his life. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Another child said he had three children outside of his marriage and a second wife. Now, if you think that's strange, remember the legacy of CBS News commentator Charles Kuralt. If you don't know what I mean by that, go look up what Charles Kuralt was into. He really did have two wives. Two different families in two different states. Y'all didn't know that, did you? No. Well, this is educational just like it is informative. Papa was a storefront preacher who was taking advantage of his followers financially. He used to beg, borrow, and steal to pay his bills. He was a womanizer who drank to excess. And when he died, all that he left the family was basically nothing. If you listen very closely here, 
you just might associate what you hear about Papa with a number of men in our society who have failed to take responsibility for their actions or their own families. Amen? Amen. And yes, this is an indictment. Because that is exactly what their legacy is. This thing about legacy starts with the behavior of men because they are, according to God's standard, the earthly example for every person to follow. Look at what Paul is going to be stating here. Turn to 1 Corinthians 11, verses 1 through 3. Look at what Paul's going to say here in his letter to the church at Corinth. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to be reading from the ESV version. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthians. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I deliver them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Amen. It starts with the men. It starts with their behavior, and everyone's supposed to follow suit behind that. The legacy of a man starts ultimately with his behavior and actions. What did Paul say? Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And every person in that man's life is supposed to look at him as the example. Just as Jesus Christ is to be the example for the man. You see how important men really are in this whole picture. The man is supposed to be the head of the family or the head of the household. And his involvement or lack of it has, get this, a generational effect. A generational effect. It affects the wife. It affects the children, the grandchildren, your friends, and your extended family starts with the man in the household. And how the man rolls, it has a generational effect on everyone he comes in contact with. A wonderful, meaningful legacy has a positive ripple effect on our families and on society. Everyone within the person's sphere of influence. We all have a sphere of influence. The people we come in contact with. If a man is truly living for Christ, he has a positive influence amongst his sphere of people that he knows. 
its impact is far-reaching and, amen to this, God-approved. God-approved. God approves of a man who's living his way and establishing himself. A friend of mine sent me a note because he knew I was going to be preaching about something like this today. Tony Agnesi, I'm going to acknowledge him because he's a very wise gentleman. But he mentioned something about how people are always running to and fro and looking at ways to do more and get more stuff. The question was raised that he raised in his subject matter. Are you looking to build your resume or are you looking to build your eulogy? Now, you might think that's a weird question. Well, no, it's not. Because building a resume is not the same as building your eulogy. What are folks going to say about you when you leave here? What will people say? Does the pastor get handed a blank piece of paper? And does he have to just make something up to say about you? Think about that. Great legacies endure and are not constrained over time. Great legacies endure and are not constrained over time. And why wouldn't they endure? God himself, through his instruction, wants his mighty works and deeds to be conveyed from what? Generation to generation. He wants his goodness to be conveyed to everyone so that a generation after you understands exactly what that is and will pass it on to the next generation. God wants people to remember what he has done and to not forget about him, which leads to ultimately, you know, if he doesn't want people to forget he wants people to remember. If we don't pass on information to our children, how are they going to pass it on? Take a look at Psalm 78. Psalm 78, verse 4. There are a number of young people in this audience. So we understand the responsibility that we have to share about God's goodness. Share about what he has done in our lives. Dwight, even in his illness, could still share about God's goodness. About his preservation. About his longevity. There are so many things that can be shared with people. It shows that God truly is a healer. Even in sickness, he's still a healer. He's healing a lot of us, frankly, spiritually. There's spiritual healing that takes place. We all have more to learn. Psalm 78.4 says, We will not hide them from our, their children, but to tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. I'll just read to you Psalm 145, verse 4. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And if everyone do me a favor, turn to Deuteronomy 6. Let's look at verses 5 through 7. Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 through 7. Understand something. 
your ability to share about God's goodness reflects your closeness to him and your desire to learn more from him and be sensitive to his yieldings through the Holy Spirit. And in that, you can't help but establish a legacy. Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 through 7. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Where have we heard that verse before? It's in Matthew chapter 22. You can go look it up. But Jesus repeats these very words. But let's continue here in verse 6. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit down in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Which pretty much covers all day long. Amen? Amen. It covers all day. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. So getting back to the question of your legacy, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? Well, let's look to what man should be doing as the earthly example before others. We are to look to the example of Jesus Christ. And please understand, I know I've talked about men the entire time, but women are also to look for Christ to guidance as to how to live. As your husband or as the person, as the head of the household does, you should do. Now, we know in the real world, sometimes that just doesn't happen. Sometimes it may come down to ladies, you being the one who prays over the husband. You being the one to pray for that other person. Because sometimes the reality is you're going to have to do that. That doesn't change the man's responsibility. But it does embolden you and empower you to seek the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I got to pray for that man. Lord, I have to lift that man up before you. Lord, that man needs help. Amen. I know that sounds partially funny, but for some of us, it ain't funny. It's real. It's true. You got to lift that man up and just keep praying for him and not curse him behind his back. Lift him up. Put that man before God. Put him before the throne. And the reason why I say that women need to take that responsibility if it comes upon them, if the man's not doing it, you do it. But look at what it says in Galatians 3, verses 28 and 29. This is why the ladies have to be just as responsible. If the man is not doing what he's supposed to do, then you do it. There have been many instances, countless numbers of times, where the woman praying for the man got that man saved. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. The woman praying for that man got that man to focus on what was important, focus on Jesus Christ, and that man got saved. That's what you want. 
That's what you want to see. Galatians 3, verses 28 and 29. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you all are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. That's everybody. Regardless of your background, regardless of the class that you're in, regardless of your man or woman, child or adult, that covers everyone. You are all one in Christ Jesus. That's why we make this big issue about the body of Christ. We're all made up of different people, different backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds, whatever it is. We're still in the body of Christ. Here's another question for everybody. Do you know what your purpose is? Do you know what your purpose is? If you know your purpose in Jesus Christ, he will, this is a promise, he will enable you to carry out your purpose. If it's according to his will, if you know your purpose in Jesus Christ, he will enable you to carry out your purpose. Amen. It's with the understanding that that purpose is according to his will. He will not deny you. He will enable you to carry it out. Now, you're going to need to do the work, of course, and die to self as you live for Christ. But this is how you build a legacy. This is how you build a legacy. This is what you need to do. This is for everybody, not just the guys. Ladies too, everyone. It's not just to build your reputation. It's not about building your resume. Your reputation. But to proclaim the glory of Jesus Christ in your words and actions. That's why you do what you do. It's to glorify God in your words and actions. Your lifestyle is to reflect that of Jesus Christ. Period. That's your lifestyle. That's why you're here. Christ is our example as, we, as to how we are to, let's start with this one, love others. Love others. You know, if you don't love anybody, you're not building much of a legacy. Yeah. Amen? Amen. You don't want somebody to come back and say, man, I'm glad that guy's gone. He was such a jive turkey. He didn't like anybody. And just as quickly you forget about somebody like that. You don't want to remember someone like that. So Christ is our example as to how we are to love others. Christ is our example as to how we are to serve others. Christ lived a life of service. 
Christ is our example as to how we are to minister to others. Notice what Christ does for us. Shows us how to love people, shows us how to serve other people, and shows us about ministry. Ministry. Because he certainly ministered to the people that he came in contact with. Go to Matthew 5, and let's look at verse 16. Matthew 5, 16. This might be one of those verses, it's also from the English Standard Version I'm reading from, but it might be one of those verses you might want to memorize. Because it's a good reminder for you as to how you are to live this lifestyle for Jesus Christ. Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen? Amen. And amen. Amen. Let your light shine before others. So that they can see what? Your good works. And in that, you're giving who? Glory to who? The Father. Good works has to be in there somewhere. Something good has to be in there. In your service. Let's take a look at Proverbs 22.1. Remember how I said that a legacy that is a good legacy transcends time. It goes beyond time. Proverbs 22.1 A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And favor is better than silver or gold. Now what is this making a comparison to? Great wealth, money, call it whatever it is. But a good name is greater than all of that. Your good name is greater than riches, greater than wealth, greater than silver and gold. And in what perspective is it we're talking about here? God's perspective. His perspective. Now, I want to give emphasis that your legacy is not about how great you are as a person. Let's start with that. It's not about how great you are as a person. The good name and good works are specifically about your efforts of service that do not glorify you, but glorify the name of Jesus Christ. A lot of folks do stuff for their own good. A lot of stuff, people do stuff to prop themselves up to look important. That's resume building all the way. That's all it is. But is it glorifying God? The enabler that resides within you as a believer in Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He gives you what you need to succeed. And this has been said before. The Spirit is the one who gives you what you need to be successful. 
not on your own strength, but on his strength, his power, his authority. And so we need to live in that way. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. First Corinthians six verses nineteen and twenty. Sometimes I wish I had seen this verse many, many years ago before I abused myself by going out and partying and drinking to excess and then praying for death the next day because you have a hangover. Yeah. Amen? Amen. All right now. <laughs> I see, I put myself out there, okay? No names other than that. Yeah. But you know exactly where I'm coming from, don't you? Amen. Amen. I put myself out there, okay? I wish I had known about this before, you know, before then. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, with whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Now, as believers, we understand that. You know, back then when I was partying, I didn't understand all that. But as believers, we have the Spirit that teaches us and understands this stuff. James 3.17. You want to turn to it, go ahead. James 3.17. We need to see that he gives us what we need The Spirit gives us what we need to succeed. The Spirit gives us what we need to help us as we live for Christ. Why? Because his wisdom is perfect for us. It says in James 3.17, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason. You can wrestle with the Lord about this stuff that comes down. He'll let you do that. Full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And Lord knows every now and then we have to wrestle. Because we want to make sure that what we're doing is truly what God would have us to do. Amen. But what are we really wrestling with? Sometimes we're wrestling with our own flesh. Trust the Holy Spirit to help you day after day as you move forward. If you are following the Spirit, you will be creating a legacy as a follower of Jesus Christ that glorifies Him. Now, i got to tell you something. That's really all that matters. If your legacy is that you are a close follower of Jesus Christ, not how much you've done, how much you're going to do, but the fact that you follow the Lord, that is what's most important as a legacy. How you get to that legacy, that's entirely up to what The Lord has enabled you with as far as gifts and talents. What has he given you to do these very things? Now, all of this 
is very important for us to see that it's all rooted in your obedience to Jesus Christ. If you want to have a legacy that's lasting, it starts with obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Have to be obedient. Let's look at it logically. If you're not following Christ, how is God going to bless you? Where's the blessing going to come from? Other than the fact that he's showing grace and mercy because you're being so pitiful. Amen? Amen. Sometimes the grace and mercy he has on you, we need it. Because we can be really goofy sometimes. Amen? Amen. See, I'm just telling the truth. Amen? Amen. But we need to be told the truth. We need to understand that God has a lot of grace. Because we are very fleshly at times. It's rooted, this thing about being a, creating a legacy is rooted in your obedience. So take a look at 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. Second Timothy 2.15 says, do your best. Get that? Not just a little bit. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. As one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. How are you approved? You're obedient. You are approved in your obedience. If you are disappointed or uh, you are disap- uh, unable to follow God, if you're not following him, you will have disapproval. To present yourselves, you're doing your best, that means you have to really work at it. In order to be good at something, you have to work at it. In order to be good, the best at something, you have to do it over and over and over again. Romans 12.1 Romans 12.1 For those of you who know about training for something, taking classes, studying, learning how to run track, whatever it is, you've got to train to do it. You have to offer yourself up. Romans 12.1 fits into this very, very nicely. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. Notice how it says mercies of God. God cuts us a lot of slack. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Be the best you can be. Live according to the Spirit. Present yourself as a living sacrifice, just as Jesus did 
for us. This is your spiritual worship. I said all of this to pass on an important reminder that the time that we spend here on earth is very valuable. It's valuable. As we live for Christ, we are called to live for a purpose. This is how you build a legacy in Jesus Christ. So you know what? Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Amen? Amen? Amen. You can't go back. No. You can't go back and fix anything, can you? There's nothing you can do about the past, but you can do stuff now. Amen. You can do stuff today. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Listen to the Holy Spirit and follow him. Obey the words of Jesus Christ. Know your purpose as a believer in Jesus Christ. And finally, build your legacy in Jesus Christ. Not just for the rest of your earthly life, but indeed for all eternity. Every one of us was created to live forever. You determine where that is. If you want to trust in Jesus Christ and all of this, now is the time. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to look directly to him for all the things we've just discussed. The enabling of the Spirit, empowerment, and knowing what your true purpose is. A lot of people come to know Jesus Christ, they have no idea what they want to do. But they know they need something. Yeah. They know they need Jesus Christ. Amen. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I commend you just to pray right now. Pray for that. Pray for other people you know that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. That should be a daily prayer for you. Amen? Amen. Father, we are just thankful for your reminders as to what you teach us. The scriptures are very clear, and yet they're very simple. You've given us what we need to be able to live in such a way where we understand, according to your will, our purpose in life. And Lord, we don't want to just build our resumes. We want to build a legacy that honors you and glorifies you. A life of service. A life of knowing exactly what you would have us to do. Lord, we thank you for the memory of Dwight. For what he did in a very selfless manner to serve the people of our church. And Lord, that is his legacy. And we thank you for that. We thank you for being a loving, him being a loving husband, one who cared for his family. These are all things that have value for all eternity. We thank you for those reminders. Lord, for those of us who don't know what we should be doing, 
Lord, we pray for extra sensitivity to your spirit now in speaking to us as to where we should be going, what we should be doing, how we are to love others, how we are to serve others, how we are to minister to others. Thank you for helping us with this recognition. And Lord, you're worthy of our praise. Lord, you are so good to us. We thank you that we can gather here today and not hear my words spoken, Lord, but your words. We just thank you and give you all the praise. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You all know what we need to do. You know where we need to go with this. It's very, very important for us to recognize God's goodness, God's greatness. And there are some things there that hopefully there's food for thought. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being here today.